All right. As Ryan so elegantly put it, um, what we're going to be talking about this morning, and kind of like the big idea that we put on, or that I put on this um, as we continue in the entitlement series, is just because I could doesn't mean that I should. And so I know last week what you guys were looking at was 1 Corinthians 8 and kind of kicked off this series. And does anybody remember what the big idea that Michael put on that was? Anybody remember? I listened to it like yesterday, so I kind of have it fresh in my mind. Um, anybody? That's okay. I can help refresh your memory. Um, it's somebody owes me something. And so what we see in First Corinthians 8 is Paul is writing a letter to this church that he started. And he's writing it to this church in Corinth, which we know from historical uh, fact is that Corinth was a pretty crazy place. A lot of people would consider it, you know, like the Vegas of uh, the United States, if you will. I've, now, I've been to Vegas, and uh, there's some pretty crazy stuff that goes on there. But how many of us in here would be honest and say, there's some pretty crazy stuff that goes on in our own towns, wherever we are? No, you don't see it, Max? No. Well, you know, that's good. Your parents keep you sheltered. Um, but wherever you are, there is lots of crazy things that go on right where you are. And so I don't think it's a stretch to say that we're too far removed from what Corinth was experiencing in that time. Um, and so this idea of entitlement um, has been all circled around these Corinthians writing to Paul, asking him some questions, and he's writing back to them saying, hey, this is how you're supposed to live it out. This is how you're supposed to walk with Jesus. This is what it looks like in fill in the blank. And so last week, he was addressing maybe something that I don't know if any of you guys have experienced or had to deal with in your Christian walk, but that's eating meat that was sacrificed to idols. And maybe you've experienced that. I haven't experienced that, or that's not a question that comes up. But uh, as, as Pastor Michael talked about last week is what was going on is there were all these pagan people who had come to know the Lord, and they were worshiping these idols and worshiping these, these small G gods, and they were wondering, can we buy this meat that was sacrificed to these fake gods? And where did you fall on that last week? Could they do it? Right. Yes, no, maybe. You probably haven't experienced a gray area like this in your life, but I'm sure there's been some gray areas in your life that you have experienced in your Christian walk, in your growing relationship with the Lord. Can I fill in the blank? Oh, the Bible doesn't really say no, but it also doesn't say yes. What do we do? What do we do when we find things like that? And so uh, what Paul is kind of identifying in these areas is, is that these young believers have questions in Corinth. And they're dealing with things that, that maybe we don't really understand exactly, but the principle behind them is very applicable to what we deal with today. One of the biggest things in the church is you know, that I think a lot of people wrestle with is, can I be a Christian and drink alcohol? And look, I'm not here to license that. I'm not here to say anything because I, everybody has their own uh, things that they wrestle with with the Lord in these gray areas. Um, and I think that the, there's probably a very good case to be made on both sides of these things. Um, but really what Paul has been talking about in this idea of, an, of, of idols is you can, but that doesn't mean that you should. 
And so uh, 1 Corinthians 9 is where we're going to be uh, kind of going through. But it really starts off at the end of 1 Corinthians 8 because the very last verse in, in 1 Corinthians 8 is, is verse 13. And it says, Therefore, if food causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause my brother to stumble. And so Paul's not saying that eating the meat is wrong. Paul's not saying don't eat the meat. Paul's saying, if there's something that's going to cause my brother, my sister, whoever it is that I'm reaching for the gospel, Jesus is way more important than my liberties. And seeing them grow in their faith and not seeing them stumble is way more important than whether I should eat this meat or not. So if that's what it takes, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to buy the more expensive meat. Because again, you're, you're looking at and this meat back in the day was the cheapest meat. Right. It was good meat. It was fine. We all know that like, these idols weren't really anything. They were small G gods. They were made by human hands. And so there was nothing really intrinsically bad about it, about the meat itself. But if it was going to cause somebody else to stumble, Paul says, I'm not interested. And, and so as these Corinthians had walked away from their pagan backgrounds, they're wrestling with things very much like you and me did when we came to know the Lord. And maybe you're wrestling with a lot of things right now. I think as we, you know, progress in our walks with Jesus, we all struggle with things. We all wrestle with things, difficulties that, that we have. Um, and, and so I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a rules guy. I like to be like, okay, I can do this. I can't do this. It's uh, very much like when you go to your job, you expect a job description, right? What are you expecting of me? And whenever we get to these gray areas, it's, it's hard because there is no black and white. And so Paul basically said uh, last week, we know that an idol is nothing. We know that the meat is okay. But the real issue is it will it cause somebody else? Will it cause another believer, a brother, a sister, whoever, to stumble? And I think really at the heart of that is, do you care more about your brother or sister than you do about your comfort? And that's a tough question that each and every one of us need to wrestle with. And it's not an easy question because we want to be comfortable. Our default setting is do things the easy way. Become, do th whatever comes natural. And that's not always the right, the right uh, case. And so whenever you're dealing with gray areas, I always like to kind of ask myself some questions is, again, one of the best questions is, does this cause somebody to stumble? Maybe. You don't know who deals with what. Uh, I have a friend every now and then we'll go play golf with, uh, and he's a recovering alcoholic. Do you think it would make, he, he knows the Lord, he's walking with the Lord, he's been doing great. Uh, I've seen so much growth in him and it's been insane. But do you think I'm going to go golfing with him, sit in the same cart and crack open a beer next to him? No, that probably wouldn't be the best use of my liberty in Christ, right? Because guess what? That smell, whatever it is, I know there's, there's certain people that take medicine that will make them physically ill to taste or smell alcohol. And that's in like the most severe cases. I don't know what he's taking. I don't know what he's going through at that point in his life where he may fall, where he may stumble. So that's the first question. Does it cause somebody else to stumble? And, and you may not know that. You may need to get to know somebody better to answer that question. But the second thing is, does it bring glory to Jesus? And that you can know. You should know by reading his word, reading some context clues of, of, of what God says about certain things. And then the third thing is, Will it enslave me? And so, so those three questions in the last one, will it enslave me? Here's the question. If you're asking yourself that, if you're really wrestling with that, 
Do you really want to find out? And so those are just three questions that, that I usually kind of like, again, it's not saying that you have to do it this way or it, it, it's necessarily biblical to do it this way. Um, but I'm just saying they're really good keys to kind of, as you're wrestling through things, to, to, to ask yourself. And, 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 and as you're moving forward in those things, does it bring glory to God is, is where I, I, I keep falling. Is, is, is this going to better my relationship with him and show him in the best light? And so... Uh, I have my standards, I have my convictions, but I don't want to put them on anyone else. I want to just give you God's principles and, that are biblical as you wrestle with through things, and then you can answer these questions yourself. But Paul says, look, if I exercise my liberty in an area that causes someone else to stumble in the relationship with Jesus, I'm not doing it. I must not do it. I can't do it because the gospel is way more important than what I think I deserve. And so as we wrestle through this, this idea of liberties, I, I, I put on uh, kind of the big ideas, just because I could doesn't mean I should. And Paul's going to address that in this chapter. Um, so before we dive into God's word, uh, I just want to go ahead and, and, and pray, and then we'll kind of jump in and, and hammer it out. Heavenly Father, I'm just uh, so thankful for this morning. I'm thankful for each and every person you put in here. I know you have them in here for a reason. And Lord, I just, I just pray for open hearts, open ears, and that you would just be working on people's hearts. God, we don't come here to hear a message. We come here to hear from you. And so if we don't hear from you, then what are we doing? So, Father, I just pray that you would speak through me. I pray that you would just be working on hearts right now and that we would just be open to what your word has to say through Paul, through a servant, through the man who would say he was the sinner of sinners till he met you. So, Father, just, just be with us this morning. Let us read your word for what it is, the very words from your mouth. Father, you're so good. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. And so as we kind of jump in here, I'm going to go ahead and, and just read chapter 9, and then we'll break it down into a, a, a couple different sections. And so we're going to start in actually uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 13, and then read all the way through 9. It says, Therefore, if food causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause my brother to stumble. Verse 1, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we not have a right to eat and drink? Do we not have a right to take along a, a believing wife, even as the rest of the apostles and the brothers of the Lord and, and, and Peter? Or do only Barnabas and I have a right to refrain from working? Who at any time serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of the fruit? Or who tends a flock and does not use the milk of the flock? I am not speaking these things according to human judgment, am I? Or does not the law also say these things? For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. God is not concerned about ox... God is not concerned about oxen, is he? Or is he speaking altogether for our sake? Yes, for our sake it was written, because the plowman ought to plow in hope, and the thresher to thresh in hope of sharing the crops. If we sowed spiritual things in you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share the right over you, do we not more? Nevertheless, we did not use this right. But we endure all things so that we have no hindrance to the gospel of Christ. Do you not 
know that those who perform sacred services eat the food of the temple, and those who attend regularly to the altar have their share from the altar, so also the Lord directed those who proclaim the gospel to get their living from the gospel. But I have used none of these things, and I am not writing these things so that it will be done so in my case. For it would be better for me to die than have any man make my boast an empty one. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for I am under compulsion. For woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this voluntarily, I have a reward. If against my will, I have a stewardship entrusted me. What then is my reward? that when I preach the gospel, I may offer the gospel without charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I may win more. To the Jews I became a Jew, so that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, though not being myself under the law, so that I may win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak I became the weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that I may by all means save some. I do all things for the sake of the gospel, so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. Do you not know that those who run in a race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we are imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way not beating the air, but I discipline my my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Man, long chapter a lot going on. Paul's very talks kind of in circles at times, so it can be a little bit confusing. So what I want to do is is kind of just pull out the core of what he's talking about here. And so the first thing I see here is Paul is going to basically lay out what rights he has. He opens this by saying, "Do I not have these rights? Am I not able to do these things?" Because the truth is, as an apostle, he had the right to be supported by the church, just like you guys support your pastor. You know, Pastor Michael has the right to take a paycheck because he's pouring into this church and, and, and basically saying, this is where I want to spend my time to grow God's family. And so Paul's saying, I have the right to do this. He's saying, I can do this. And so he uses himself as an example here. Paul didn't expect or demand anything. Paul had a side job in this. Paul made tents with his hands to supply his needs of others. And as weird as it might sound, people kind of questioned him about this. They said, well, if you're an apostle, you should be able to take money from the church. But Paul says he has the right to eat and drink, and he has the right to be supported, uh, to support a family, but that he's not necessarily going to partake in that right. Right? Going back. Can he take it? Absolutely. But he says, I could but I'm not going to. Because guess what? Paul didn't want anybody coming back saying, the only reason you're here is to get paid. The only reason that you're here is for our wallet. Because guess what? People in the city were saying those things about Paul. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. I never demanded anything of you. I never took anything from you. All I wanted to do is give you the greatest gift, and that's the gospel, and show you who Jesus is. Paul continues in, 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 in verse 7. He says, 
Paul says, look at soldiers that go off to war, right? Let's say you were to join the army and you signed up and you said, I'm going to defend our nation. I'm going to uh, uh, risk my life to keep this country safe and to keep the rights that they have. And they, they say, OK, great. Awesome. You're signed up. Uh, you're going to Afghanistan. Now you need to buy your own plane ticket. You need to uh, bring your own gun, bring your own uniform. And when you get there, we want you to drive a tank, but uh, you have to buy your own tank and supply that as well. No, that's not exactly how it works in the military, right? They feed you, they clothe you, they send you where they want you to go, and, you know, oftentimes they give you a very nice haircut to go with it. And Paul says, look in the ministry. I have this right, but I've laid it down for you. I don't want anybody coming in here thinking that this is just a get-rich-quick scheme. I want to point you guys to the gospel. I want to point you to Jesus, and he's the point. Now, you, you can support, and, and there are people who do support his ministry throughout Scripture, and that's not wrong, but he never demanded it. He never said, okay, I'm going to come be your pastor. Here, give me $50,000. That's not how he did it. He said, I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to just come to you, and I want to show you who Jesus is. And so he continues in there. He says, if you plant a fruit tree in your backyard, you can eat from that tree. It's your tree. If you have some goats and they make milk, you can drink from that milk. And so it, it's that same idea that he, he's saying, I have the right. He continues in uh, uh, talking about this, uh, this idea of an ox threshing. And that's uh, it's straight from Deuteronomy 25.4. And he says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. And so what ha would happen is that they'd, they'd tie this ox into this post and he would walk around and he would separate the husk from the wheat. And so they say, you can't muzzle the ox because he's doing the work. If he wants to eat, he can eat. And that's the whole point behind it. He says, if the oxen's doing all the work, he should be able to eat from it. And so he, he, he uses these illustrations. He continues in, in, in verses 11 through 14. And he says, look, if I teach you the Bible and I share you the word of God, and I build you up and I pray with you and you come to know the, to the Lord and that you continue knowing him more. Do you not have the opportunity to take care of that person? Of course you do. But then we get to his real point and that's in, in, in verse 12. He says this. If others share the right over you, do we not more? Nevertheless, we did not use this right, but we endure all things so that we will cause no hindrance to the gospel of Christ. And so Paul says, look, I forego my liberties. He says, I endure all things so that I don't, in, I don't endanger the gospel, so I don't hinder the gospel. And so my first question that I kind of just want to like put in the back of your mind is, what does that look like in our lives? What do we forego? What do we give up for the sake of the gospel? What comfort, what freedom, what liberty do you give up for the sake of reaching other people for Christ? I think one of the most underutilized things is comfort. Because I, you, you go back to a lot of things that Paul's talking about here, and, and I think a lot of us believe that our comfort is the most important thing in our lives. That if we could just, we get to the point where we have a good retirement, where we could just, we don't have to work anymore, we can have a nice house, that we can kind of be comfortable. And I'm not saying those things are unbiblical. I'm not saying those things are wrong. But stepping out of your comfort zone is a good thing. Life isn't about doing whatever you feel like. It's about serving him. It's about doing what he's called you to do. And so here's Paul saying, I have the right to collect 
from you guys. I have the right for you guys to support me, but I'm going to lay that down so that nobody has a foothold on me, so that you know I'm just here for you. I'm just here to love you. And that's Paul's heart. He loves people. Even when he's sitting in prison, he is praying for the churches that he's been to. And he he's, says, I count it all joy. Pure joy that I had sit in a prison cell because I'm preaching the gospel and I hear about the things that you're doing in Christ's name. That's insane. We don't think like that. So what are we doing in our lives that we've sacrificed? I think it's an important question that we ask ourselves. And so maybe it's the way you talk. Maybe it's the way you act. Is there something in your life that, that maybe an unbeliever would look at and say, you know, I want to know Jesus, but if that's what it looks like to follow Jesus, I don't want to be a part of it. So we need to constantly wrestle with that. And here's the thing. I mean, uh, I'm not speaking, I speak for myself, but nobody's perfect. Anybody that comes up here and opens up the word with you guys isn't perfect. We've all failed. We all sin. We all mess up. Ask my wife. She probably has a better list than I do. Um, but the point is not to follow whoever's up here. The point is to follow Jesus because he's never going to fail you. He's never going to let you down. He's the only one that can say that. And so here's the thing. I know that a lot of people are like, well, I don't really care what other people think of me. I don't care what other people say with me. But here's the thing. That's not walking in love. I'm not saying that you take it to heart. I'm not saying you care about those things. But you should care about it if you're trying to show Jesus. And so uh, he continues in, in, in verses 15 through 23. Paul laid out the rights that he has. And now he's going to say, this is why I didn't use them. And he starts off with, he regarded ministry as a privilege. He regarded walking with Jesus as a privilege. He says, preaching the gospel is the best privilege I have in life. And I'd rather die than not do it. Paul had the humility in his life to say that that, that person over there is more important than what I deserve, more important than my rights. I'm willing to lay it down so that other person can see Jesus. But not only does he re, uh, regard ministry as a privilege, he regarded it as a responsibility. And we see that in verses 16 through 17. Every believer has the privilege to share the gospel, but we also have the responsibility to share it. That's why it's called the good news. Paul had a calling from God to preach the gospel. And here's the thing, so do you and I. Now, I know that probably some of us in here, don't we, oh, you know, I'm really bad at doing that. I'm not really an evangelist. I don't really have all the right words to say. But here's the thing. God will use you. God will speak through you. And if you, are, if you are in his word and you are walking with him, he's going to give you those words. He's going to give you the opportunities as well. And we're called to do it. Paul says, look, God is going to take care of me. I'm not preaching the gospel to get rich. I'm doing it because Jesus called me to do it. And then uh, we, we see in verse 18, he knew what the real reward was. Paul says, it isn't about the money. It isn't about, it's all about the call that God has put on me. I know that the reward's not here. It isn't, you know, having a really nice car. It's not about having a really nice house. I mean, half the time that he didn't even have a place to lay his head at night. It's all about getting to the end of life and hearing those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And here's the, here's the truth. At when you hear those things, nothing else will be worth it. All those material things are going to be fleeting. When you die, there's not going to be any U-Haul carrying your stuff to the gravesite. That's not how it works. It stays here. And so 
not only that, the last thing I see here in, in verses 19 through 23 is that he loved sinners. He says, I'm free in Christ, but I have purposely given myself to others as, ser- as a servant so that I might win them to Jesus. Paul loved sinners. And what really got him out of bed in the morning, what really got him fired up was to live for their salvation. He wouldn't indulge in his freedom so that he could share the gospel to them. Paul said, as long as it didn't compromise clear teaching in the Bible or that it was sin, Paul was flexible to reach the Jews. He said he would do what he had to do. Now, he wasn't going to the bar and getting drunk with them. You know, he wasn't going and doing drugs with them. He wouldn't do, he, but he would do anything short of sin. And so uh, when I came on staff at Grace Church, I was pretty young. I was, man, 23. Whew, it's quite a while ago now. And one of the things that I always said was, man, I hate wearing a tie. I hate wearing a button-up shirt. I sweat like crazy, as you may see right now. No matter what, no matter what the temperature is, I just sweat. And I said, I'm never going to do that. But here's what I found. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. When I would get up there in shorts, in even a, even a polo, people wouldn't listen the same. I had to be willing, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, I'm just saying that's, that's just culture. Sometimes you need to meet people where they are. When you put on a shirt and tie and you put on the dress pants and the dress shoes, people tend, tended to listen to me more. So guess what? I'm all for it. If I have to put on a shirt and tie to reach people for Jesus, I'm going to do it. I had the liberty, I had the ability not to do it, but I said, I don't care about that. I care about people. I care about who God has put in front of me. And if they want me to wear a tie and they're going to listen to me and they're going to listen to what I have to say about Jesus, I'll wear two ties. I don't care. And that's what Paul's doing here. He was willing to meet people where they were. And so the second question that I want to wrestle with is, what can we do to reach more people in our lives? What are we holding on to? Again, for me, a lot of it comes back to comfort. I don't want to, it's going to be kind of awkward if I talk to this person about Jesus and then they shun me and then they're like, ah, they shut me down. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Nobody likes rejection. But here's the thing. We need to be flexible. We don't compromise. We don't compromise the message. We don't compromise the message of Jesus. But we have the ability to be flexible in these things. And so Paul closes here and tells them that we need to practice self-discipline or be disqualified. And so he, he, he basically in this section, 24 through 27, talks about this idea of a race. And in Corinth, every couple years, they were very famous for this Ithmanian games. And they had events like, basically, it's like the modern day Olympics. And so one of the big events was this track event where everybody runs, but only one person wins. So he's, again, he's being flexible. He's meeting them. He's like, you guys know these games that you have every two years. In your town, let me tell you what they're running for. And he says, what those people are running for is the, a wreath. And it's actually like a crown of basically leaves. And he says, that's what they do. They discipline themselves to the point where they can win that perishable thing. And he says that when they run that race, they have rules or they can get disqualified if they jump the start or if they're using performance enhancing drugs or whatever back then probably didn't have that as much. Um, 
But they had to discipline themselves, one, to run the race properly, and then two, to keep their eyes focused on the prize. How many of us in here like discipline? Max, you like it when your parents discipline you? No, why is that? Discipline has a very negative thing, right? Usually when you get disciplined, it's probably like, you know, either grounded or a whooping, right? Like that's discipline. But to an Olympic athlete, you have to have some serious discipline. Your diet, your training regimen, your life has to be set on winning the prize. And, and Paul's point here is that we as believers aren't in the race for some wreath, for some leaves, for some medal. We're in the race with eternal rewards in mind. And it was a few years after writing uh, to Corinth that Paul said it best in Philippians 3. He says uh, this, Philippians 3, 13-14, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Paul ran his race for other people. Paul walked with Jesus to see other people come to him. His prize was his Savior's satisfaction and that sacrifice that God understood truly. And here's the thing. Liberties, freedoms, they're not bad things. They're good things. But the most important thing is a right relationship with God and that other people see you walking with Jesus so that you can show Jesus in your life. So as we close, uh, I'm not telling you try harder. I'm not telling you to pull yourself up by the bootstraps or stop doing this or start doing this. What I am calling for is some time for reflection. That right where you are, that we submit. Trying harder isn't the answer. Everybody always thinks, well, man, I've, I've got to read my Bible more. I've got to do this. And those things are great. Those things are awesome. But Christ working in you, you submitting to him and letting him use you, is the, the most important thing. And so right now we're going to have some um, time for reflection. And I was just like, I would just want you to ask him to show you where we're choosing comfort, where we're choosing our liberties over the gospel, over lost and hurting people. So we're just going to take a few minutes and just talk to God, have that conversation, be real with him and be authentic because he knows what's going on in your heart. And there's areas in all of our lives where this happens on a daily basis, where we slip up, where we mess up. So let's just take some time right now to do that. again for listening. We hope you've been challenged, encouraged, and helped by God and His Word. If you want more information about Grace Church of Ocala or would like to get in contact with us, please visit our home on the internet, ocalagrace.org. And if we haven't met yet, we hope to talk with you soon.